Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Thanks for joining us today, wherever you're watching from. Uh, As we dig into Psalm 16, there's so much richness in this text today. And I thought it was mentioned just a few things for us to consider. You know, the reality is just as we thought things were getting back to normal, uh, man, things have kind of shut down again. Uh, We had opening of restaurants and people were dining in. And now everything has kind of changed once again. And so I don't know about you, but it's been stressful um, just not knowing kind of what to plan for. It's stressful sitting at home, even if, even if we have the chance to be with family and maybe even some friends, but we can't see everyone we want to see. Uh, work is completely different. Uh, traveling uh, has become something that's really hard to do. And so much of our daily life is just up in the air. And so I just want to acknowledge that for all of us, um, we have these days that are filled with uncertainty. It would be easy to choose fear and anxiety. I know I have better days and worse days. Some days I'm you know, full of faith and other days I'm kind of going nuts. And I don't know, maybe you're like me and need a word of hope to remind us in the ups and downs, whatever different direction your heart and your mind is going, God is there with you. God is there with me. We need to know he's here with us. So we have this very real challenge, right? Challenge as a nation, as a community, As a global citizen, these are things where we get to choose to put our faith in God, and he promises to carry us in time of need. And guess what? Right now is a huge time of need for every one of us. He promises us to to carry us times of loss, times of confusion, times of uncertainty. I want to let you know you can offer up wherever you're coming from today, your doubts, your questions, your anxieties, Lift them up to the Lord. He cares. We can know that God, who he's not repelled by our honesty. He's not repelled by our doubts. Oh, he wants us to come near. I hope you'll receive that invitation today. Because we want you to have a vision uh, today as we go through this psalm that our God has an incredible track record of turning things around. When all things look lost, God can make a way. Jesus himself turned things around when he was in a boat with the disciples and the storm was raging and they thought they were going to die. Jesus is an expert at turning the worst of situations around. So we can still praise God amidst all of the very real problems that are in our lives. We can still see his presence even when he sees far away. See, this psalm assures us that God is for us even when it looks like life is completely against us. God is for you. Will you dare to put your trust in this God, this very real God, who's asking you to recognize his presence today? With your very real doubts, will you trust him? With your very real concerns, your very real worries. See, Psalm 16 declares that God can handle it. Now, I want you to see Psalm 16 as this. This is King David at his best. It reveals his heart for God. This is David showing that in the midst of trials, very real trials, he seeks out God for protection and he recognizes other gods are false gods, false sources of hope, and he centers his life around the pleasures found in Yahweh alone. We're going to take a look 
at a few different things today in Psalm 16. Because whenever we seek security in anything else but Christ, we will find that even good things that we put our hope in, they become false gods that lead us astray, that lead us away from the true security we can have in God. Take a look at verse 9. David says, therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Here's this theme in Psalm 16 of David, security in God. You won't find security in other things. In verse one, David says, in you, God, I take refuge. In verse eight, David says, he, God, is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. This is someone speaking from experience that God offers you security when you trust him. David is looking for security in this God as well because he lived in a world where security was hard to find. Does that sound familiar? Thousands of years later, is security hard for you to find in this world? Just look at the news. Or in fact, don't look at the news because brokenness is everywhere. See, the Bible says we live in a world, a natural world, that is now fallen. It is not how God intends it to be one day. But in right now, it has fallen. And we know deep in our hearts that we were meant not for this fallen world. I think somewhere we even know we were meant for a better world. Maybe you hear it within your own soul when you get quiet. That we were made for a world that did not have disease. That we were made for a world that did not have divisions. That there must be another world to come. And it's true. The Bible says there is this other world to come. That the longings in your heart for a better world are true and are right. See, we live in a world where right now everything does decay. Everything does die, including ourselves. We can't fight it ultimately. Our present world, we know, is not the home we long for. It is the real world, but it's not what our hearts long for. There's another world. What we long for in our hearts, what we know to be true is this. There's a new world made for us, a new world where we'll be secure, a new world where we'll be happy, a new world with no more divisions, no more tears, no more pain. The Bible says this world is real. It's not yet, but it's to come but our hearts long for that real world. The problem is that we take shortcuts to get to that real world. Take a look at verse four. It says, The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. In another version, in verse four, it says, Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. See, there is a shortcut that we often take, we think will lead to life, but it leads to sorrow, it leads to death. See, David knew that only the Lord, only Yahweh, would satisfy and bring true life. This is what he's trying to proclaim. And unlike his own son, King Solomon, King David, as far as we know, did not struggle with bowing down to pagan gods like he's talking about in chapter 16. But King David did struggle with other types of gods, gods like power, gods like status, gods like money, gods like respect, gods like any other pleasure that his heart desired. King David had access to instantly meet his needs. Dangerous to have that. Dangerous for us when we can instantly take shortcuts to try to find the happiness, to try to find security, to try to find a peace 
that only God can offer. Psalm 16, therefore, is his declaration of what David knows to be true. He knew serving any other gods, whether literal carved images back in his day or the gods of these idols of pleasure, idols of possessions, idols of power, idols of pride. David knew that would lead to sorrows, is what Psalm 16 says. Because bowing down to anything but God will destroy you. All these other shortcuts, all these other instantaneous paths to peace. No, God is your only refuge. He's your only protection that won't lead to ultimate sorrow. Do you believe that? Or are you willing to take a shortcut that will lead you astray? I'm going to give you a real life example of someone seeking the wrong kind of security. I could have chosen hundreds of other examples, but I thought I'd bring you this one. In the mid-2000s, the actor Owen Wilson, who's mainly known for hit movies, uh, Zoolander, Wedding Crashers. We, we spent lots of money back in those days watching some of his hit films. He was famous. He was a multimillionaire, probably still is. He's the envy of many. What most people didn't know back in the mid-2000s, then the reality for Owen Wilson, he was struggling big time with a secret addiction. He was deeply depressed. So far from the happy-go-lucky guy we would see on the screens... He was tormented. Now, you got to keep in mind, he had everything that the world can imagine you'd want. Money, fame. He was loved by millions. He had security and all these other things. But he, like so many of us, when you put your trust, even in good things, that you put your trust in, they take the place of God. Your only one true security, your life will come crashing down. 2007, he shocked fans with the, what we believe is a suicide attempt. Trying to end his life. Even though he had everything the world would say that you would need to be satisfied, to be secure, to have hope, to have peace. It wasn't enough. And his close brush with death is just all too familiar. I've seen it time and time again. You don't have to be famous to go through what he went through. Many, many, many people who try to find their satisfaction in other things outside of God end up depressed, end up lost, end up seeking this better world that can only be found in Jesus Christ. See, David is warning us thousands of years ago that sorrows follow anyone who puts their trust in any other God, these false gods. You don't have to be addicted to drugs. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be well known to taste this kind of sorrow. If you follow the path down these other false gods, that sorrow will come close to you. Many of you listening right now, you've experienced these sorrows because only God can give you the life that you want, that life in you that you know you were meant to live. This world that we know was meant to be, only God can provide it. And David is warning us that these sorrows follow when you follow these other little gods. So you don't have to be in the extreme end of anything to experience this sorrow. But David points us to a life full of joy that can be found when you find your pleasure from God in your life. Like how Pastor Tim Keller says it. He says, the Bible says that we have been wandering as spiritual exiles. That is, we've been living in a world that no longer fits our deepest longings. 
Though we long for bodies that run and not grow weary, we have become subject to disease and aging and death. Though we need love that lasts, all our relationships are subject to the inevitable entropy of time, and they crumble in our hands. Even people who stay true to us eventually die and leave us, or we die and leave them. Though we long to make a difference in the world through our work, we experience endless frustration. We never fully realize our hopes and our dreams. We may work hard to recreate the home that we have lost, but, says the Bible, it only exists in the presence of the Heavenly Father from which we all have fled. You see, our only hope is God. It's not politics. It's not pundits. It's not possessions. It's not praise. It's nothing else but God himself that can give you that hope, that give you that security, that, that, that pleasure of God that's only found in him. David is saying in Psalm 16 that his delight is in God. He's praising that which he naturally delights in. David loves thinking about God. He loves talking about God. His life is more joyful when he's living fully for God, and he's passing it on to us to consider Psalm 16, that our path to joy is delighting in God and no other little gods. And even though others choose these other gods, it'll never satisfy. It's just a path to sorrow. And so David is making God his delight, and thus his sole focus of his praise and worship. And he's inviting you to do the same. Take a look at verse 11. David says this, You, God, make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, what David is doing in this psalm is to give you an inside look into his heart. He's being vulnerable. He's saying, this is what I'm really about. He's showing you what drives his life and revealing this truth that we naturally praise that which we delight in. This is something we see in the Psalms more than once. So to remember that we naturally, as humans, we find pleasure in things that are good and true, and we begin to talk about those things. And if the, these pleasures are good and true, then our path of life will be good, but we can go astray. For David, he knows and serves God as his greatest pleasure. That's what he's saying in verse 11. I'm going to give you an example of this. Just this week, my girls kind of randomly asked me, Dad, would you make some sushi for us? Now, keep in mind, I'm Chinese. So sushi's Japanese, but I do know how to make a decent sushi. So I went and I boiled the rice, put some oil in there and some vinegar, mixed it up, let it cook, spread it out, made these uh, kind of California rolls basically at home. Now, they were happy I did it, but quite honestly, eh, they were okay. They weren't the best. And so it started getting me reminiscing and thinking about when I lived in Los Angeles and I had some of the best sushi restaurants around me. And it reminded me of this one sushi restaurant, actually. Uh, it had uh, Japanese chefs, and it was delicious. And here's the thing that made it so special. It was actually a sushi restaurant that had a revolving conveyor belt of fresh sushi. So every time I was hungry, I'd just look and grab a plate, just $2 a plate, and a fresh rice, and the fresh fish, and the fresh sauces, and it came directly to me. Now, here's the deal. 
I kept telling people about this place. I said, it's amazing. It tastes great. It's inexpensive. And the food comes right to you. So it's not even your fault that you're eating it because it comes right to you. You don't have to feel bad about it. Now, I told everyone about this place. Now, keep in mind, I don't own any stock in it. Uh, I don't get discounts when I go. Here's the thing. You naturally talk about the things you enjoy. I've seen it in the Psalms before. I see it in this Psalm again. We naturally talk about the things we delight in. It's true for food. It's true for love. Think about this story. My, My wife, Katie, and I, when we first met, what do you think happened when I first laid my eyes on her and she laid her eyes on me? She couldn't stop talking about me, maybe is what I like to think. But the reality is, I probably couldn't stop talking about her more than her with me. So here's the thing. When I first met Katie and got to know her, I was talking about her. Oh, man, this pretty girl I've met, and she's smart. She loves Jesus, uh, and she's so awesome. And then, and she's even going to go on a date with me. Now, the reality is she didn't know it was a date, but I bragged to my friends it was. And so but we had a great time, and afterwards, she realized it was a date. That's a whole other story. But the reality is, after we spent more time together, I, could, I couldn't stop talking about her even more. Because what happens? You naturally praise that which you enjoy. The Psalms teach it again and again. You naturally talk about the things you delight in. So here's what Psalm 16 is trying to say to us. Delight in God. Delight in Him. And you will have a life where you will naturally want to talk about Him. You will naturally want to praise Him. You will naturally want to serve Him. You will naturally want to invite others to get to know Him. Enjoy him for who he is. David says in Psalm 16, this good God, his pleasures are right near. At my right hand, that phrase means at my right hand is really close. This is a a word and a phrase of intimacy, of closeness, of depth. David is bearing his heart saying, this is my secret to life. I find my delight in God. Because whatever you delight in, you'll praise. So the Psalms are teaching this again, this important principle. And I ask you, wherever you are, what do you delight in? Because whatever you find pleasure in is what you will naturally give your life to. It's what you'll naturally talk about. It's where you'll naturally spend your money. It's where you'll naturally try to find life. What makes you wake up in the morning? Whatever you delight in will draw you in. I want you to follow David in finding pleasure and delighting in the Lord. And I want you to do it in a couple ways this week. I'm going to give you this challenge. Because the Psalms teach us two specific ways to delight in the Lord. I first of all want to invite you, challenge you to delight in God's word. Because David showed a life like that. I hope many of you have taken up the challenge to memorize Psalm 1. Remember several weeks ago, I invited you to memorize Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the way, right, of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his light is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water, right, whose leaf does not wither. He bears his fruit in season. See, this you delight in. Sometimes I just wake up over the last several weeks. I just wake up and 
Psalm 1 just comes in my mind. In the middle of the day, I've memorized, I've been meditating on this word, delighting in it. I want to invite you to delight in God's word this week. That could come through memorizing Psalm 1 or another scripture. Email me if you're looking for some scriptures to memorize. Or or maybe you're looking for some help to to help you as you wake in the morning to just spend some time in the Lord. I'm not necessarily even talking about some major deep Bible study. I think what I'm trying to say is, could you find a word, a phrase from God's word this week that you would sit with and delight in? You know, this morning when I actually was doing my uh, devotions, the scripture that came was this, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Maybe that's the phrase, the the word of of Jesus that you need to sit with this week and just delight that Jesus is inviting you to rest in him. Delight in God's word. Waking up and delighting in the reality of God's love for you. Your place in him as followers of Jesus. Relishing in the fact of his steadfast love. Will you take some time this week to delight in God's word? Secondly, The Psalms teach us to delight in God's mission. Psalm 100 verse 2 says this, serve the Lord with gladness. Now, of course, what the psalmist is talking about is, yes, serving the Lord within the four walls of a church, of a worship space, yes. But also what's implied is serving the Lord outside of religious types of things, serving the Lord in your work serving the Lord in your family, serving the Lord in your hobbies, serving the Lord in your everyday life, serving those in need. In fact, Psalm 140 verse 12 says it clearly, I know the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. See, this is your opportunity to not only delight in God's word, but to delight in God's mission. I'm going to give you a little update from Martha Henry and her friend Frankie, who wanted us to hear this message from them about how you being in God's mission, bringing food and helping her garden and helping her food pantry. I want you to hear this word from them right now. Take a look. Good morning, Frankie. Good morning, Martha. Uh, I'm here to really, really applaud uh, Martha and her husband and your, the friends that she has for helping her with the roof. And also it's the first place in, that I've ever seen in Monterey County that offers books of just all kinds, food that people support this place and the beauty that she grows in her garden, food for everybody. It's like the one-of-a-kind. <laughs> I have never seen a place like this. But Frankie. I thank all the people that have helped her to come this far for our community. And you know what? It's Carmel Presbyterian Church, oh, Frankie. Okay. Carmel Presbyterian Church yeah. did all this. Yeah, they wow. buy all the food and they wow. deliver it here. Wow. And all I do is put it out. And the roof on the book house, yeah. Elder Dan. That? Elder Dan did that for us. <laughs> special because I didn't know all the other things. Wow, thank you Presbyterian Church of Carmel for the beauty that you supplied everybody that even opens their eyes. Really, take a look everybody and notice this beautifulness that has been created right here in Seaside on Broadway. 
<laughs> Frankie, thank you so much. You have a great day, you okay? Too, Bye. I love you. Thank you. Bye. I just want to give you a little hint of these really, really tough several weeks. I've been delighting in God's word. I've been delighting in God's mission. I don't want you to miss out on serving those in need because it's part of how God has wired you to experience the pleasures of God is by serving others. And you have an opportunity to help Martha Henry with her food pantry or her free little library nearby. Or also, you know, another great thing I've been delighting in is the food ministry from the Queering family. They've been feeding over 120 people every week, people who are out of work or, or uh, are job insecure right now. And they're inviting you to help them. If you'd like to join in that ministry or cooking or delivering or cleaning or supporting them in all different ways, just reach out, email the church, help at carmelpress.org. And we're going to find a way that you could join God's mission because guess what? I don't want you to miss out on the pleasures of God by delighting in God's word, delighting in God's mission. Because whatever you delight in, you'll talk about. Whatever you delight in, you'll think about. Whatever you delight in will guide and direct your life. You delight in the Lord and your life, your path will go well. Verse 8 as we wrap up. Psalmist says, I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. There's that phrase again. God is close. I shall not be shaken. Now, when David wrote this psalm, he was probably talking about his confidence that God would not abandon him, even though he had enemies attacking him, that he believed because of God that he would escape death at the hands of his enemies. David's confidence is that Yahweh is at my right hand. It shows his confidence of a close God. So let me ask you this before we wrap up. Does God seem near to you? David sensed the Lord's presence and his nearness in the midst of really difficult circumstances. And the promises for you, you can turn to him, turn to God, and he promises to show his faithfulness. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, Peter quotes Psalm 16. I love it when we see the New Testament scriptures referring to the Old Testament scriptures. And Peter quotes Psalm 16, and he reinterprets this psalm to be talking about the Messiah and how Jesus Christ escaped death and resurrected to life and now reigns at the right hand of the Father. There's that phrase again. Peter says that David knew that there would come one day a holy one who would not see decay and who would overcome death. And that this victory over death has now become our victory. And so what Peter is saying is that Psalm 16, yes, it's about David and the Lord, but Psalm 16 is also about Jesus and the Lord. And what I'm saying to you is Psalm 16 is also about you and the Lord, that Jesus wants to secure you. And you can come as you are to find the security that he is at your right hand in Christ. I love how Jesus said in John chapter 14, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. You see, our hearts can be at peace. Our minds can be at peace. Our souls can be at peace because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
See, God truly is at your right hand. He truly is in you because of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says this Holy Spirit is more than just some ethereal presence. No, it's God himself who is our advocate. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. That he convicts and he guides, he reveals, he empowers. The Holy Spirit encourages and leads and intercedes and transforms. The Bible says the Holy Spirit seals you and strengthens you and fills you and sanctifies you. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit even prays for you. God is truly at our right hand. He is nearer than you really think. He loves you. He's in you. He's at your right hand. I want you to take that truth with you as we wrap up. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we so much need to be reminded of your nearness. Lord, we want to make our focus to be delighting in you. Lord, forgive us for the ways we get distracted, delighting in all these other little gods. Lord, may we find refuge in you, security in you. May we find our pleasure in you. Lead us, Lord, through these difficult times. Remind us of your nearness by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe this in faith, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website at www.carmelpres.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.